Welcome to the Mini Break, your daily podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the tennis world. Today is Monday, June 29th, and it's going to be a different week of Mini Break podcasts here for us at Crack Rackets as we are live on Miami Beach for this weekend's Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition hosted by our friend JC Aragoni. And you know it's a special podcast, folks, because joining me on the show today to get the action started, introduce all of you listeners to what you can expect this week is our Crack Rackets co-founder, former podcast host here until I got him off the show full time, <laughs> Dalton Thieneman. Welcome back. It's good to see you in person. And welcome in, baby. Welcome in. Yeah. Um, as you can see, Gruskin just alluded to, look at this facility. I know. Where are we? <laughs> Miami Beach, pool right behind us, court on the other side. Uh, major kudos to JC Aragone for A, pulling this off, but B, uh, bringing in a load of sponsors to get this thing off the ground uh, and pulling in Tennis Channel and geez, what a day, what no, a day. I was joking around before we started this recording, I have never felt more Miami in my life and that's because <laughs> it's noon, I've already sweat through my shirt twice. I'm wearing sunglasses, which we both know never happens. And by the way, a huge shout out to our friends at Reno for hooking us up this weekend. They're also hooking up all of the players participating in the event. You see the hat, you see the aviators. I think it's a good look, Dalton. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, well, it is a good look, first and foremost. But second <laughs> off, I'm a little scared that you're going to ask, can I rock these aviators moving forward for all videos? <laughs> Which I'm not opposed to, by yeah, the way. There's a political <laughs> joke in there about aviators, but we're going to let that slide. Yeah, yeah, that was like... <laughs> yeah, exactly. But we are so happy to be here in Miami because I'm sure I speak for all tennis fans when I say it's going to be so nice to see some live action in person. And for all of you listeners who want to follow this weekend's Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition, you can do so by tuning in to our friends at Tennis Channel. It'll be on the app starting at noon. It'll be noon to five every day. And we are so excited, Dalton, to be here because, you know, A, uh, the last event I was at I think was the national indoors I mean other than our own tournament the last uh, really high not that our tournament wasn't high level I'm getting myself in trouble already but uh, <laughs> no you know it's just how nice is it to be around here I mean on the grounds these players seem just as excited as we are oh yeah yeah coming in uh, you know JC uh, Sam Query Brandon Nakashima Tennis Sangren all warming up here this morning um, and you know like you said two weeks ago we got to experience the Cracked Rackets Open for the first time and obviously I uh, got to see Grand, Cham, or Grand Slam champion Rajiv Ram and Ronnie Schneider and, and some several high-level college players, but it's a whole nother level, um, you know, seeing these top 50 guys and then obviously here in Miami Beach, so excited to be here. Yeah, and I mean, this facility, as you can tell, just out of this world, we've got the pool in the background, the tennis court is to my left here, the right of your camera, I suppose, and yeah, we're really excited for this weekend because it's going to be four matches over the next three days. Today will be round number one. Tomorrow we'll have our semifinals and some backdraw matches. And then on Wednesday we will have our final, the third, fourth place match. Everyone's getting three matches in. And as we get closer to the resumption of the start of, you know, sanctioned events, ATP, WTA, ITF, Challengers, and Futures, uh, we've all started to learn, you know, these reps, these matches, these players are playing become more and more valuable. And so I know I can speak for all of us. I think we're going to see a really high level of tennis this week. I can also say I offered my services as both hitting partner, on-site coach to Tennis Sandgren. He quickly rejected that. He said, you know, I actually came here coachless for a reason, Alex. And so, you know, that's very understanding. And I should also say, of course, we all are well aware of what's going on in the world right now. Neither Dalton nor I are wearing face masks at this moment. That's because we are not within six feet 
feet of any other person. We're in the same quarantine bubble. Uh, but, there, you know, every precaution is being taken this weekend. No more than 25 people on site. We will be wearing face masks at all time when we're not in our little media bubble. Uh, you know, given especially the concerns I'm sure many have following the Adria tour, I think what's so you know impressive about this event that it's able to come on so quickly and what it reminds all of our listeners is that it is possible to execute a tennis event right now safely following precautions and I think that you know JC's nailed that this weekend. Oh yeah and JC mentioned this on his interview with Tennis Channel leading up to the event uh, but I think um, there was a great example of, of how to run a tournament from Bob Moran and mm -hmm. Charleston uh, with the uh, Credit Bank Invitational in Charleston this past week. Uh, you know, we saw uh, Instagram lives from Bethany Maddox Sands. They're, you know, 100 feet from the court, not with any of even, you know, team peace or team kindness. So taking every necessary precaution. And I, I know JC, uh, you know, talking with him the last 10 days, two weeks leading up to the event has done all of the due diligence and research necessary and is executing all of that research uh, here the next three days. So I think it's going to be a really safe um, an exciting event at the same time, but uh, pumped to get it going here in a few minutes. Yeah, and I'm not going to say which player said this, but, you know, we've already been chatting with the players, and I know one player said, I'm sorry, girlfriend, you're not coming this weekend. We can't, we can't expand the bubble. We have to be safe. We have to take precautions, especially, again, with Cincinnati, the U.S. Open, City Open, resumption of play right on the horizon. Uh, but, of course, again, the, the thing we are so excited about is to see the tennis because it's going to be such a high level. And as Dalton mentioned, we have to give it Huge shout out to so many people who helped make this possible. Obviously, the Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition, named appropriately, but then our friends at Reno. Uh, again, I look damn good in these aviators, so really appreciate them hooking us up. There are so many other sponsors who helped to make this event possible. And then again, I just want to mention one more time, you can see all of the action Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, starting at noon on Tennis uh, come on, we're all. What, what are you doing at this point? You still want to watch some live tennis. You need your fix. We all do. So be sure to go check that out. Also, be sure to tune in all week as we will have podcasts with the players. As Dalton mentioned, I think all eight guys here are currently inside the ATP Top 250. I think four to maybe six of the guys are in the Top 100 as well. Yep. So it's an outstanding field. You know, the fact that, what, Brandon Nakashima or JC is the lowest ranked player oh, here, yeah. that speaks to, again, the quality of tennis we expect to see. So be on the lookout for interviews, highlights, of course, uh, discussions we have throughout the grounds throughout the week. It's all going to be exceptional content. You don't want to miss any of it. And I do want to say, uh, before we wrap today's podcast again, because we want to keep this short, uh, we do already have one interview with a player on site. That's going to be the podcast for today, mini break wise, that you can go listen to. This is obviously in video form if you are watching now uh, with Mackenzie McDonald, who I had the chance to speak with on Friday before he drove down to talk about this event, talk about, you know, for him coming back from injury and his thoughts on the current state of tennis returning in this climate. And it's going to be conversations like that all weekend long, so be sure you're tuning in. I will say quickly before we go, because this is a mini break podcast, and we all know these mini break podcasts are only made possible day in, day out, due to the support we get from our friends at Midwest Sports. And yes, there are a ton of other sponsors here this weekend who help make this beautiful scene possible. And maybe you hear the pool in the background actually just me sweating through this shirt again that's the sound of me dripping but you know day in day out the support we get we wouldn't even be able to be here do an event like this if it wasn't for the support we get from our friends at midwest sports they've been doing it for more than 20 years folks your one-stop shop for all of your online tennis supply needs whether it be shirts shoes equipment strings you know Dalton and I are going to get back out on the court probably at some point this week uh, just with all of the tennis in the air and I know we both turn to midwest sports for all of our needs you should too so go to midwest sports use the promo code CR 
15. We're also both going to be powered by Aerobar all week long. No one's got time to eat. We got tennis to watch. You pop it in those energy bars, go to aerobar.com, use the promo code CRACKED15, get 15% off your order. Uh, Dalton, am I missing anything else? I feel like I have to clear with you, boss, since we're actually no, on the podcast. No, no. So, I mean, you've, you've got it covered, uh, Midwest Sports and Diadem, for uh, the mini break purposes. Thank you guys for uh, making everything we do possible. Um, and then you tasked me with another task going into this, so I need to plug a few sponsors for uh, the Altex Steislinger XO here this week. Is sunscreen one of them? Sunscreen is one of them. <laughs> uh, sunblock, actually it's not, so I won't plug any, any particular brand. <laughs> no free plugs, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, Revo, like we said, or Revo, like we said, um, 11, 11 vodka, get 11 vodka. It's, it's 11, the, the 11 a.m. and we're 11 11 folks. <laughs> um, we've got Waterworks. We've got uh, Diadem is the official ball sponsor of this week's event. Uh, we've got Slinger Bag, which is the net signage sponsor. You'll see that on, on the sign as well. And then um, obviously right here in the back, we've got the court. All of the sponsors that have helped make this event possible are back there. So please support them because by supporting them, you're supporting us and JC. So thank you. For giving me the opportunity on the floor, huh? Well, I just want to say, clearly not a veteran podcaster anymore, as he's turning to look at the things he's supposed to say. A veteran knows, put all bird, that stuff on bird. your laptop. Yeah, exactly, beforehand. But again, we are going to be here all weekend long. Hopefully, we'll get a chance to speak with every player on site. But we're so excited to be back. Live tennis in action. The Altix Steislinger Tennis Exhibition noon starting every day monday tuesday wednesday through 5 p.m you can check all of the action out on the tennis channel app or on tennis channel on your tv for now that'll do it for me in dalton but today's episode is not done we have a little extra for you if you want to listen to this in podcast form and with that being said we'll get to my conversation with mackenzie mcdonald but for now i'm alex gruskin this is dalton thieneman you are live at the altic steislinger tennis exhibition Joining us on the podcast once again today is a two-time NCAA champion who reached a career high of number 57 in the ATP singles rankings last year. He is a participant in this weekend's Altic Steislinger Tennis Exhibition. We look forward to seeing him back in action. Mackie McDonald, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today? What's going on? Thanks for having me. Doing pretty good. Ah, no, the pleasure is all mine. It's great to have you back on the show. And, you know, I'm sure for you, uh, the idea of playing some tennis this weekend, it, it sounds nice, right? Yeah, definitely looking forward to it. It'll be uh, some good competition. And uh decided to go, go to Miami. Uh, that's where my girlfriend's at. So it should be fun. Oh, win-win. A double incentive. There always is. I feel like that was part of the kicker for Jason, right? <laughs> when, when he comes to you and texts like, hey, Mackie, I have this event in mind. Uh, you know, what is that pitch to you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, when I first saw JC's number, you know, I mean, I mean, we've been friends since we were probably 15, so I've known him for a long time, but I just thought it was, you know, just the usual what's up, but, you know, when he's telling me he's he's running a tournament, I was actually pretty impressed. I, uh, I'm actually really proud of him for all the work he's done, and, and he's done a really good job by taking this thing to fruition and putting it on. Uh, he's raised a lot of good money and got really good players, too, so pretty honored that he picked me too i mean there's only eight guys so there's a lot in the area so uh it uh it worked out for me 
Mm-hmm. No, definitely. And as you mentioned, it's a really fun field this week. You and your first round match will take on Sam Query. Uh, you know, I think in your next match, you'll play either the winner or loser, depending on the situation of Steve Johnson, Riley Opelka. Uh, so yeah, th- that is a great match. And as you mentioned, to have uh, a fellow player be putting on this event, I guess to be playing an event right now during this quarantine period, is it weird for you to be out there playing these exhibitions or are they fun? Um. They're a little bit different for sure. I mean, you know, you really want to play tennis and play for the points and, you know, some money too. Um, you know, some of these right now, um, it's just really good, getting good match play. And, I mean, it just comes down to playing good tennis again. Um, I think this one will be more fun. Um, I think the competition is really high. And um, and it sounds very safe at the venue. And, um, yeah, I mean, compared to the ones I've been playing, you know, in Lake Nona, um, you know, I've actually had to go downtown to play some of the matches too, but, um, I think this will be, this will be a good time. Mm-hmm. No. And again, I want to get to the safety aspect of it in a second, but you talk about that level of competition. I mean, I'm sure these are all guys, right? It's uh, a bunch of Americans and you've got Hubie Hercatch, who I believe trains at IMG. Um, and so guys, I'm sure you're familiar with, you think, you know, it's still an exhibition event, right? So am I expecting you to go, you know, fifth set versus uh, Nicholas Jerry at Wimbledon style Mackie McDonald? I don't know about <laughs> that. Um, but what do you expect the level of competition to be this week? I actually think it's going to be really high. You know, I mean, I feel like all these guys playing are uh, are at a high caliber. And, I mean, every single time we all step out on the court, you know, we're all super competitive. And I know I'm going to be wanting to win some of these matches too. So I think it'll still have, you know, some fun, obviously, with the XO. But, I mean, we're still all, all going to be, you know, trying to win the matches. And, and I think it's just all good preparation for hopefully, you know, some tournaments coming up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I know you were playing the Grand Slam Tennis Tours event uh, as well. So you got, I think, the Match Play 120 is what it's called. So you've been able to play some exhibitions. And for you, you know, you had made your return after I think it was a six-month layoff due to injury at the start of this season uh, to have to rehab. You know, have you been using these exhibitions as part of your rehab process? And how are you feeling about the level of uh, your play right now? Can you, you know, st- still simulate that sort of pro environment competition when the tours? not actually going on yeah i mean it, it was nice um i mean coming back in january and getting to compete again after that uh, pretty terrible injury but um i mean again this whole time you know it gave me time to kind of you know work my way back instead of i mean because i played my second tournament back you know australian open which i was ready for but you know you're going from um you know coming back to a high level now it's, i've, I've kind of worked back you know worked on a couple of things and then yeah, playing those exhibitions here um, were great. I mean, I could work on my game and get some good match play. And, yeah, again, it's just like building that workload and then getting, you know, some better match play with these guys coming up. And then it'll lead to um, to the tournaments. But I think, uh, I mean, it's going to be high level. So should be good. Yeah, no, again, we're all really looking forward to seeing the play our Cracked Rackets team coming down there. Um, but to your specific case, rehabbing from an injury, and we recently got the chance to talk to Bjorn Fertangelo, uh, who was also coming off of an injury at the start of this season. And, you know, he said, and, uh, you know, things have certainly changed now, but it went, at the start of January, he felt you know pressure to start playing in Ann Arbor early in the season to just put some points on the board. Uh, as you mentioned, it was a gruesome injury for you. So, 
in terms of getting back to play in January, you know, were you 100, 110%, whatever, be full tilt at that time? And how has it been rehabbing this process, working back when, again, there's no pro events to play? Yeah, I mean, coming back, I was 100% in January. Um, it's just, um, you know, that mental part of it, competing at that level, you know, you just haven't um, been there for a little bit, you know, I mean, that time off, I haven't seen something like that. Um, I mean, basically my whole career. So um, there was a little bit of a phase of coming back, which you see with all the guys when they have some, you know, tough injuries. Um, you know, I played, you know, maybe eight tournaments in that time before the season got canceled. So I felt like I was really finding my game towards the end of that. Um, so it was kind of upsetting that the tour came to an end. But yeah, I think um, I've been able to just work on more things in these exos too. And, mm-hmm. um, and, I wouldn't say use it as a rehab. You know, I'm I'm fully healthy now. I, I it's actually been really nice because even even earlier this year, it wasn't like I was I was um, hurt in any way. But I'm still thinking about my injury just because you know it's been on your brain every day for the last you know seven eight months when you are hurt. Um, but now I'm fully able to play full out and not even have to think about the injury. So that's a massive win for me. No, and that's so exciting to hear from, you know, as a fan uh, perspective. And, you know, you sort of mentioned it there, 12 out of the last 15 months, you haven't been playing competitive tennis. How weird is that for you? Yeah, uh, I didn't realize it was that much now. But yeah, no, if you put it that way, it's 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 been a lot. Um, um, I mean, honestly, I love competing. That's probably the best thing about tennis for me. Um I, uh, every single time I get a moment to compete, you know, I'm really (laughs) taking advantage of it, but, um, I mean, it'll come back, you know, I'm still competitive, you know, in those matches, I don't want to lose any of them, you know, even, even this coming up one, um, in Miami too, but, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's what all the players look forward to is a competition and, uh, hopefully it'll be back soon. Yeah, no, for sure. And I mean, I feel like during that time, is there ever a moment, because tennis, especially if you're playing it your whole life, I'm sure a lot of your day was structured around training or being on the road for competitive events, even when you're, you know, 12, 13, 14, working your way up the juniors. And so was there ever a point, you know, during that stretch where you're like, man, like, what the f*** am I going to do today? <laughs> Honestly, there was at the start. It was actually, it was really, it was really tough at the start. I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, one, I, it wasn't just... I couldn't find something to do, but like, I couldn't do anything just because I couldn't move my leg. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, my, my injury was really bad. I couldn't walk for, uh, the first six, seven, seven weeks. And like, I could barely shower myself or take care of myself. So, um, you know, I was like, I had my girlfriend and my girlfriend's dad that came and spent time with me and she brought the dog. So honestly, like I was, I was super lucky because I mean, really, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. I was going, I stayed in my apartment for like, um, a couple weeks straight just because I, I couldn't go down the stairs. So, um, you know, after, and then I had to learn how to walk again. But then again, like, I, I couldn't travel back to California yet, and I had to wait. So I started doing, you know, a lot of rehab. Um, but it was super light and super boring. It was, it was starting with a one-pound weight to my <laughs> ankle, and each week it went up a pound. So it was two pounds, then three pounds, then four, and then five. And then it got more intense and more intense. And that's the thing with uh, the tendon injury that I had with my hamstring is you have to take it extremely slow or else you have to start all over again if you re-rupture it. So we did all the things in the right steps. 
my team was super diligent about it. But um, yeah, I mean, it was a it was a really tough time for me mentally um, <laughs> in a way. I mean, luckily I was uh, able to balance some things out and do some UCLA classes. So I actually got five UCLA classes done in that time, um, which helps me get closer to graduating. And um, and then, yeah, I, I stayed busy doing some of that commentating at first. When I wasn't able to travel, I was doing the uh, World Team Tennis in Lake Nona, um, commentating, and then U.S. Open. So I definitely got a lot done during that time. Um, you know, I didn't get to go home, which is something I really want to do, see my family as much as I like. But um, then again, you know, this, this tennis thing, it's a, it's a full commitment, so... I've, I've, I've really put all my time and energy to come back and, and now I'm healthy again. So I wouldn't change anything. Mm-hmm. And I, I do want to talk about your experiences, your foray into tennis media, your takeaways from that as well. Um, but to stick with the tennis and, you know, if you don't mind me saying, whenever someone watches your game, I think the first thing they'll think is, oh my God, it's just so smooth, right? Everything looks like it comes so easy. The contact points, the movement, moving forward, all of these things. You've just always looked comfortable uh, on a tennis court. And so I guess when you have an injury like this, what is that rehab process like? I'm sure you've hit, you know, thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of forehands in your life. But is it weird when you're slowly getting back on the court? Is the contact point a little bit off or, you know, was that part pretty easy for you to get back? Um, honestly, the tennis part was pretty easy. It's it's <laughs> the, uh, it's honestly, it was all the, I mean, you know, I mean, beside the, the smoothness, I'd say one thing I'm also known for is just my movement. So mm-hmm. I mean, that's where, that's where it was just tricky. It was, I was, I was just not allowed, no matter how good I was feeling, you know, three months out, four months out, it was, you, I have to stick to the protocol, which meant not allowed to run. And I can barely like, I can only walk a certain speed. And then, I mean, learning to walk again, honestly, that was a big step for me, like placing my right foot down for the first time after, uh, after not using it for a couple of months was, uh, was very tough and uh and i had to re-strengthen it and do all the exercises so um and then the court i mean on on the court it it started with me standing in one place and just swinging the ball so i mean i never lost i was able to sit in the chair for a bit and swing so i mean for me losing the hands and stuff wasn't a problem it was just uh finding the finding the legs again and uh and just loading that right side but now i mean i'd say i'm right back to where i was Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I'm glad you emphasized that movement part because that is so much of it, the change of direction, the taking balls early and, you know, cutting position people off by getting to the net. Um, that's yeah. so much a part of it. It was a complete hamstring tear, right? Yeah, it's interesting. So, so you have three hamstring uh, uh, muscles and tendons and they all attach to the same spot. One of them ruptured oh. about uh, like 80%, 90%. So it was hanging on by a string so i put the string and hamstring but um <laughs> so they went in they cut me open just right underneath my butt cheek and then uh put it right back on and um and yeah i mean it's interesting because in tennis for tennis players they were like well one it was a guessing game too because they didn't know exactly how much rupture there was mm-hmm. and there was a big big decision on should i get surgery I mean, we debated this until hours before the surgery and, and we made the right decision in the end. If, and the doctor said, if this was a football player, this was a a different type of athlete, 
they wouldn't have done the surgery because you can go off the other two. But because tennis is such a movement sport and I move so so much and you change direction so fast, um, in tennis you you need to get the surgery done. So I've I, I talked to some other people that had this injury too. I mean, there's a lot of decisions to go in. I I can honestly say we handled it perfectly. So if anyone ever has a hamstring problem, they can reach out to me. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a basically a full rupture on one of the one of the hamstrings. Yeah. And I, I, again, I I apologize for lingering on this injury. I want to pry on this a little further. I will say, A, you're going to get a text from me. I need a lot of medical diagnoses from you. Why (laughs) isn't my forehand that smooth? Will probably be the first one. B, you've been spending way too much time with Brad Gilbert if you're putting the string in hamstring. Uh, That's just just well done. Hey, great shot to you. Um, But then, you know, again, to, to get back to that, to learn things such as what it's like to have to relearn to walk and you know, I'm sure there were little intricate footwork things you would learn to start getting your lateral quickness back and just, you know, quick feet. Um, but d- did you learn anything through this rehab process? Maybe, you know, brush up some things, uh, you know, I-, I don't know if the word is kine- kinesiology-wise. That's definitely not the phrase. But did you learn things about that aspect of the game that maybe you didn't know before and you think will help you moving forward? Um. Yeah, I mean... <sighs> I mean, specifically, uh, I'm not sure. It's <laughs> a good. Um, let's go. I'll take no, it. I don't know, no, dude. I, I mean, yeah. I mean, with the, I mean, I learned a lot about the hamstring. I mean, mm-hmm. and I mean, I think basically, for me to kind of think about the whole thing was that you know you look at all the players on tour. I mean, a lot of them go through an injury that that takes you know a couple months or, or even six months. So I I, I didn't want to feel different because of what what happened to me, and I feel like um, because it happened so early in my career and it was so severe, like it's shown me how important taking care of the body is. And I've always done a very good job of it. It was such a bizarre thing that happened too. Um, but I mean, it it just shows the intensity that the pros are playing at and how how physical the game is becoming too so i mean for me it's just giving me a better um understanding for the body and and how much effort you need to put into to take care of it and then um i mean again just a massive respect to all the other players too and and, and everyone competing just because i mean it's not easy doing doing what we do too Mm-hmm. No, no denying that. The reason I said let's go, I think I had finally left the guest speechless with a question that was just so <laughs> dumbfounding. I was proud of myself. Um, but no, that, that was a much better answer than I was looking for. And again, you got to play uh, some pro events at the start of this season. And I will say this, I'm looking right now at Auckland Qualies on the ITF site. And in your first round, Auckland Qualies, when it says you beat ATP alternate Um, So I'm just going to leave that little factoid there. But then, you know, you go to Australia, you get two sets to love up on Dan Evans, who, by the way, was probably a top 15 player on tour this year. Uh, He ultimately beats you in five uh, uh, five sets. And then, you know, you get your first win in Dallas, where you were defending challenger final points, I believe, from the year before. Uh, Again, just for you being back on tour competing, um, you know, how were you feeling about the state of your game? um at the start you mean yeah just you know in general about you during your comeback yeah 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 i mean the first the first tournament was i mean it was uh you know a lot of nerves a lot of prep that went into it honestly it was a little bit emotional too i had my team with me there and like 
I mean, I know how much work we put in to get back. And so it was a, it was a pretty awesome moment being able to get back on the court and compete again. Um, it was uh, pretty tough too. that first match. I mean, I just felt so out of breath. It's, it, it's just crazy how much nerve goes into tennis too. Um, I don't think a lot of people realize that. So, and that plays a big factor. So I was definitely feeling that in that first match. And then again, that second match against Dan Evans, I thought, I mean, I played extremely good tennis, um, the first two sets, um, didn't really keep it up, but I mean, I mean, again, it shows me I can compete with a lot of the top players. I mean, I was, I was doing so many things so well. And honestly, looking back at the film, I did so many things so bad the whole time too. (laughs) I had so many missed returns that like, I never normally miss. And like, it was it was crazy that some of the shots I was going for. So I mean, it showed like how much um, how much sharper I needed to get, and that's kind of where I was getting to um, as each tournament um, was coming along. You know, I, I definitely had a lot of losses at the start, which I think is normal. But um, you know, I was trying to pick up as much information as possible from each one and just kind of get back. But now I definitely feel like I'm way more locked in. And, I kind of know what the, just what I'm doing out there now. So yeah, no, that's feels, great to hear. It feels better. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would say that uh, Evans match, a lot of Grigor vibes around that match as well. And so, you know, I just never always, if you're playing in Australia as a tennis fan, I would tune in, you know, watch the Mackie McDonald match because you never know what's going to happen. Um, Dude, I do yeah. well down there. Yeah. yeah. Is it the conditions? I feel like you, as a guy from California, you just, you play well in the heat um maybe the heat but honestly dude the court surface is just awesome for me down there i that was my best junior slam too i mean semis right semis the juniors yeah i mean my serve kind of goes through a little more those balls are honestly my favorite ball on tour um and then um i mean yeah i mean the heat's not much of an issue i mean just the energy there like how easy things are like getting from the hotel to the site like it's just awesome being down there like I, I love it down there. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, no. And, and it was a lifetime ago. It feels like to be in Australia during those wildfires and you know, I'm, you know, what was, what was that experience like to be down there this year during all of that? Yeah. It's funny you say that. Cause I mean, I brought it up. Like I've, I've told like even my girlfriend or my dad, I'm like, dude, it feels like ages ago that <laughs> we were dealing with wildfires and, and like, that was a massive problem. I mean, and, and, and that was crazy. Luckily for me, I came in after Auckland mm-hmm. a couple of days after the brutal fire uh, or the smoke that was affecting the qualities. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I wasn't I didn't see much or was affected at all by it. Um, but I know how, how devastating it was for the country. So, I mean, it was uh, it was a brutal time. Yeah, no, and it was obviously, you know, a uh, foretelling of what we were going to see uh, over the next couple of months because in March, you know, you were at the Indian Wells Challenger. You played that event, and then, you know, later on as they're getting ready to start the Masters and the Premier event, uh, you get that announcement that, hey, you know, the season's go- or this event's going to be canceled uh, because of concerns about COVID-19, and then Miami gets canceled, and all of a sudden the season's suspended. Uh, what was that process like for you, you know? How did you learn about everything and just what have what have your thoughts been throughout it? Yeah, um, again, like I was picking up some momentum in my eyes. Um, I lost a little bit early in that challenger, but I thought I was, you know, made a string switch and, you know, some stuff. So I felt pretty good about how I was playing. I was I was practicing well. I uh, I was last in the main draw 
for Indian Wells with my protected ranking. So I was bummed I, I missed out on it, um, uh, getting in with my PR. But I was hiking actually on the weekend with my girlfriend. I, and I came down from the mountain and I got a text from uh, a player that I was going to hit with the next day. And he's like, dude, the tournament's getting canceled. Like, I'm flying back home. Like, we're not going to hit tomorrow. And I'm like, <laughs> what the hell are you talking about, dude? Like, I haven't heard anything about this yet. And he's like, I have inside scoop on from a player. <laughs> Which made sense. I'm not going to reveal who it was, but <laughs> but basically, a couple hours later, like all the media is blowing up, all the calls are coming in, tournaments canceled, and I'm like, wow, this is this is like a, a like a reality, and um, yeah, I mean, there was, I mean, it was a it was a massive shock, honestly, at the start, and it's funny because I'm actually going to say this, but like. I've, I've been tracking Corona since before I left for Australia and I told, and I told, uh, my physio about it and, and, and like other people about it too. I even told Austin rap before he left for Thailand. I was like, dude, there's this thing called Corona out in Asia right now. Like don't go. And he thought I was absolutely like crazy. And, and now it's, it's, it's just kind of funny. Like, or it's not even funny. It's, it's just insane seeing what it's, what it's become now. But, um, I mean, it was a big whirlwind at the start after uh, after Indian Wells was canceled. No, I, again, I can only imagine what that's like. And, yeah, I mean, I remember we went to the National Indoors this year for the men and the women, which is at the beginning of February, as you know. And, you know, it's funny because you look back at that men's National Indoors, and I've said this on the pod before, so, um, but, you know, and maybe this happens at every indoors, but every team was sick, right? There was just some sort of bug going around oh, really? to each and every one of the teams. And like some players got it particularly bad. You know, I look back at what one player was going through and you just think like, I, that's all the symptoms. Like I was like, I, I witnessed it happen. And I know I caught whatever bug was going around. And thankfully I had a very, very mild version of it and it was over in a couple of days. And that's why I think like, okay, I don't think, I think mm-hmm. it was just a normal flu, you know, and not the coronavirus. Um, but yeah, now I look back at that and I'm like, or it was the coronavirus because by mid-February, as we've learned, if you read things, you know, the disease was already on uh, U.S. soil and was transmitting from person to person. And so, yeah, like, absolutely. You look back that time. I mean, it's constantly said we're living through the chapter of history right now that will be taught. It's like, yeah, this was the global pandemic. And I guess, again, for you, uh, from a tennis perspective, from a life perspective as well, but, you know, the player relief funds and all of these different initiatives and exhibition events and all of this different, I suppose player activism is the term to go with that has gone on throughout this quarantine period because, you know, all of us in tennis have some time on our hands to think about the issues facing the sport. What has been your reaction to that activism? Um, to like players. Yeah, yeah. Player relief funds, the talks of unionization, oh. you know, all merger talks, all of these different things. Um, I, I mean, they're all individual entities, by the way. Yeah, you know, it's a tough question. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I honestly have been just kind of keeping in touch with, you know, what the group chats are talking about and kind of what players are saying. I haven't, I've personally just been kind of not too involved, to be honest. Um, I mean, I'm happy they did a player relief fund. I mean, in my opinion, I don't, I, I don't know how well it was done or handled. You know, I'm kind of. It's kind of um, it's kind of annoying just how little information has gone through um, to all the Division One players or Division Two. 
um, to be honest. I mean, I really haven't um, heard from any HP, anyone, or I don't know. It, it's just weird. I don't know. Yeah, it's, no, uh, that's that's no, it's, it's completely fair. And in terms of you know, for the U.S. Open, them not playing qualies, but you know, trying to play the event, offering you know, you know, allegedly ten thousand dollars to all the people who would have been participating. What are your thoughts on that decision as well? Dude, it's tough. I mean, yeah. I mean, the USTA, uh, US Open. I mean, it has to go on if if there's going to be tournaments next year. But then again, I don't. I don't know all the business behind it. I mean, I mean, I, we're not, or maybe I'm not informing myself. But I mean, you know, if if I get the opportunity to play, I'm going to play. I mean, I'm lucky. I'm in a situation where I have a protected ranking, and I've earned that too. And if I can play, you know, I need to make money and play. So. Um, you know, no qualies. I think, I think that's really difficult. I know what it's like to battle through qualies. I've been there. I mean, all the guys have been there and it's, it's not easy at that level to make money. We already know how tough it is. How many guys are actually in the top hundred. There's only a hundred and that's basically all the guys that make it in the main draw. So I feel for a lot of the guys that are, um, you know, not able to play cause there's no qualies, but, um, I mean, it, it sounds like it's business for, uh, for USTA and the and all the companies in US Open. Yeah, no, that makes a ton of sense. And for you, you sort of alluded to it there, but given, you know, I suppose all the uncertainty still surrounding the coronavirus, and again, you're one of the early prognosticators who was on the case. Um, how comfortable are you right now, you know, traveling to play these professional events? If, you know, if there's still a couple of months, so who's to say that the ATP really will come back in August? But if it does come back, are you comfortable playing events? Um, I know me going to Miami, I'm going to be extremely safe, um, you know, for this coming EXO. I know the case of risen there. Luckily, Chanel has a house, um, and her home there. So I'm going to be literally going there and going to the side to play the matches. I mean, it's going to be really fun seeing all the guys, but I really don't think it's smart or beneficial for all of us to hang out and, and, you know, for, for any of us to go out or do anything. So, I mean, I'm just going to, I'm I'm just lucky I can play some matches this this coming week and I'll and I'll do that. But as for the as for the other stuff, again, it's like all the decisions that are made. I there's nothing I can do. There's no changes. I have to be ready to play whenever they say that we're gonna start. And and that's all I've been doing this whole time. And until I mean, I will go if 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 they clear it. And I know that they're not gonna clear it unless they feel like it's gonna be safe. So. Um, um, I mean, as if if they say it's going to go on, then I'm I'm going to be there. Yeah, no. Again, I, I, as you sort of alluded to, it's such an individual decision. It's really up to each player if they are comfortable or not. And so, yeah, I'm sure you will continue to monitor everything as we all will as we continue to go along. And you know, as I round out these questions here, last couple, I promise. But you know, and I, you can give your thoughts on the Adria tour, the Djokovic stuff. Although I feel like Djokovic, that storyline's been beaten to death already. But you know, you just spent six months as a member of the media you know as listeners can tell you just went through the gauntlet of media topics pretty well there but what was your experience being a member of the tennis media getting to do some play-by-play commentary did you enjoy yourself yeah it was a it was a good time i actually think i did a decent job um i do as well for whatever it's worth appreciate it thank you (laughs) but uh no it was um it was fun. It was different. And I'm very happy I got that experience at the U.S. Open. I mean, for me, I'm a, I've am always been pretty, 
you know, balanced and grateful for everything else going on in the tournament, but to really see the other side of media and how much effort is put in for all the players, the whole thing. I mean, it's a massive, almost just conglomerate of, I mean, just so many positions that are, uh, that are happening in, in so many parts. So, I mean, being a part, um, you know, being an Ash, kind of being way up high, you know, doing some commentating for some of those matches was really cool. Um, and yeah, you never know. Hopefully, maybe after tennis, maybe I'll do something with that. Getting a film and TV minor with UCLA as well. So, uh, keeping that door open. Yeah, no, definitely a win. Would you say the job was easier or harder than you expected? It was um, for a first time, it was. Um, kind of what I expected. Sure. I, I feel like they took it a little bit easier on me because like they kind of just let me do what I had to do just because I am still a player. I, I still needed to do my rehab. Um, but in terms of, in terms of all of it, I mean, we handled it appropriately. I mean, we had the hours I was supposed to do. I mean, I, I really treated it like a job. I mean, I had like about, about four hours a day I had to do stuff during the open for like three weeks. So it was, um, it was it was exactly what I expected, and it was a really cool experience. You know, I I definitely branched out with some of the things I did, some of the live TV, and um, I think it's all good experience that's just going to help me on later. Mm-hmm. And, you know, again, you're still very, very, very good at tennis, so at any point when you're watching the matching, you're like, you know what, I could beat these players. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and honestly, <laughs> dude, like, the first day of uh, God, the first day of main draw when I was still top hundred and I could have been in the draw too, man. That was that was a tough day. That I had to just swallow swallow my pride and all of it and just kind of keep keep the big picture of coming back. Keep keep working hard. It's really tough when you're hurt. I've I've never um, you know been there before. So I mean now I just again better appreciation for all those guys that have gone through those injuries. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. And uh, again, getting chopping at the bit to get back out there. That's what makes a good pro. And, uh, you know, for you, again, uh, I believe you are now working with Michael Russell, a guy we had on the show recently as well. And a guy I know who still at this day, you know, is probably thinking he's beating you in the gym. Um, a, is there any truth to that? Because, you know, I asked Michael when we had him, I said, who wins in the workouts, you or Mackie? And he said, I can't comment. So that, you know, no comment is an, an implicit saying, his way of saying it's me. Uh, so I guess your response to that, but how that partnership's been working out for you. Yeah, it's been good. I haven't um, seen him for a while now. I'm still working with Matt Clower too at USTA. Mm-hmm. So Matt's been big part of my my team as well and helped me out here uh mike's definitely a beast in the gym so i'm not gonna deny that he's uh he's put up some good weight i've seen him seen him do that so uh i mean if he ever wants to play me you know we can crack open and you can do that but it's it's too bad we never got a chance to play yeah, no. Well, you bring up and crack up a new can. Uh, fun couple last questions for you. Uh, you know, you said this earlier. Australian Open are your favorite tennis balls. This is a random question, but now I'm thinking it. Uh, do you go to a tournament and say, you know, like, why are you using these? Like, you should be using these. Are there cans you particularly enjoy, and then brands maybe not as much? Yeah, honestly, there's. Uh, that's one actually thing. I mean, a lot of people just watching on tv probably don't see but like the court service and the tennis ball plays a plays a big role um and it's like for the players you got to adapt to it like it's 
as early as you can get to the tournament get those balls and, and hit with them get used to those conditions i kind of know how to handle um i mean you have to treat them differently sometimes so um there's definitely tournaments where i'm just like damn these balls are just terrible and then there's other ones where i'm like oh yeah this is gonna be a great week too but um yeah it's it's like that yeah no that's a, again it sounds like a win for me i feel like for you the quicker the better it's just like i'm in yeah exactly yeah um all right well i'm also you know i do some research for these podcasts i'm looking at your wikipedia page it says your nickname and it you know gives the origin too so that people do call you Cavs mckenzie is there any Jeez. truth to that I don't know if Cavs McKenzie's the uh, exact <laughs> one. Oh my god, that's actually kind of funny. But uh, no, I mean I get a lot of crap for it from, from some of the guys. I don't know what the big deal is, but <laughs> Riley, <laughs> Tommy, and Fritz just uh, love talking about them. Yeah, no. Did they suffer due to injury, or are they still? They, you still got it. No, uh, there's. It, it went down a bit. The right one went down a bit when I uh, when I was hurt, but that thing. That thing's pumped back up now, so we're good. All right, cool. I'm glad to hear it. Uh, you mentioned taking some courses at UCLA. Uh, you know, how close are you to you know finishing up your degree? Is that something that you're determined to do? I am. I, I I'm so adamant about doing it. I mean, I don't know. I've always loved my school, um, and I've always wanted to you know graduate too, obviously. But um, I was sixty, I think sixty units away when I left school. I've gotten 10 classes done since I've left. I'm actually squeezing one in right now. I started it last week. Um, it's a pretty easy class. It's Disney and film. So it's uh, it's it's called Disney uh, Then and Now. So it's uh, it's actually pretty fun. It's uh, not too not too much of a load. So, um, but other than that, I got probably three classes left, and then I'm done. So all. It's no rush. I'll get it done at some point, but I'm so happy I set myself up to be so close to finishing, and and that'll happen one day. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, that's awesome to see. Uh, and again, good luck to you as you slide in the class. If I see you, you know, cracking open the book this weekend, now I will know why. Um, but then again, you know, cool. my last question for you, and it's a broader one, but you know, getting to play these exhibition events, um, is this something? Has it filled the void, I suppose, for you? Has it helped you get through? You know, because again, for our listeners, the Altex Dyslinger Tennis Exhibition, our Crack Rackets team will be there this week. Uh, it'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Wednesday, you can watch it on Tennis Channel. Has having these exhibitions, Mackie, helped you fill the void? I suppose uh, it, for that you that's missing out because the tour is suspended. Yeah, no, a little bit for sure. I mean, like this one coming up in Miami, I'm actually super happy. It's gonna gonna be going on. I'm super happy it came to you know fruition with JC because uh, it's definitely something for me to look forward to. I mean, playing Sam's gonna be a treat on Monday. I feel like it's <laughs> But uh, it it should be fun. Um, but yeah, I mean, um, yeah, these exos are definitely feeling a little bit of that for me. I mean, I'm still gonna keep them professional and to some extent and um, stay competitive. When you saw the draws, was your first reaction JC rigged this? <laughs> um, no. Do you think he did? Well. I, this is how I work in a promo plug. I was live for the tournament draw. He allegedly pulled them out of the hat, but I will say this. I never saw the hat. You know, I, I saw him do a pulling motion, but they could have been there beforehand. You know what? I wouldn't I wouldn't 
be surprised if JC maybe rigged the tournament. We'll, <laughs> we'll have to uh, corner him and find that out later. But, um, I mean, I think the draw's strong. You know, he's uh, – I mean, ten, Tennis Sangren's not an easy first round for him. That's who he has, right? Uh, yeah, he's got Sangren first round. Yeah, it's not an easy one. That's not an easy one. Yeah. But, I mean, no, I mean, I, Sam's going to be exciting to play too. I mean, he's going to be, uh, you know, serving big. Hopefully I'll make some good returns back and keep him on his toes. So should be fun. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it did happen, but there might have been a world where JC picked up a name, saw it was Riley, and put it back in the hat. No, that's that oh. didn't happen, <laughs> for the record. That did not happen. That was just, uh, you know, I got to poke a little fun at him. But again, Mackie, thank you for taking the time to chat today. Uh, look forward to seeing you in Miami this week. It's crazy to think that, you know, I got a nice 16 hours on the road ahead of me, but at some point I will be down there. So obviously, hopefully you drive safely, stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you soon. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. Stay safe. Yeah, of course. Take care, man. Bye.